You're listening to Kiama Community Radio. This program is proudly supported by Kiama Community College. There's something for everyone, from nationally accredited career courses to seniors' computing, languages, and lifestyle programs. The Kiama Show is back this coming January 21st and 22nd. The Kiama Show is 170 years old and is one of the oldest agricultural show societies in Australia. In this episode, Mark Whalen gives us an idiosyncratic history of the show in another heritage hotspot with some of his own memories. And Gabby Cabral talks to Michael Brennan about his long association with the Kiama Show, including being president of the Kiama Show Society twice. Hi, this is Mark Whalen for Kiama Community Radio with another Heritage Hotspot talking about the Kiama Show and its history. Started in 1848 and now 172 years old, the Kiama Show was always a showcase for the local dairy industry and especially the Illawarra Shorthorn, the only Australian breed of dairy cattle which originated around Kiama. It continued during both world wars and was only cancelled and postponed in recent years due to the bushfire and pandemic threat to public health. It has always adapted to new conditions, and while flowers are still a popular category, but so is the extremely popular Lego building section. One of the things I wanted to highlight was one of the reasons people went to the show. Captain Penfold was a pioneer of aviation in Australia before fixed-wing aircraft, and he was balloonist and a, a very much a pioneer of parachuting as well. And the act that he proposed to the Kaima Show was a amazing act where he would fill a balloon up in the showground, take that balloon up into the sky and do what he called the triple release, where he would get up with three different parachutes, red, white and blue, the colours of the British flag, and do three releases of parachutes before he hit the ground. Clearly a very dangerous stunt. So he was quite a character, but it showed with the Australian aviator that the fact is you could have this sort of entertainment that was quite remarkable. And each show over the years tries to have a big feature act to draw in the crowds and this has been an institution in Kiama and like every other country town or any show for well over 150 years and there's always been a tradition of fantastic and unusual major entertainment I remember the Krusty Demons which is a uh, motocross team I remember seeing um, knights on horseback quite recently who were doing uh, jousting at the um, Kiama show and there was even a, a fantastic display of wood chopping by a Canadian world champion where he ma- he was sprinting up this pole as fast as, as you could run horizontally. This, this gentleman was running that fast up the pole. It was an amazing thing to see. And it's always been that great part of Kiama local culture. I think the timing of the show at the end of the school holidays on the last weekend in January has been one of the highlights of why it's so well regarded by locals beyond people who are there for the cattle judging 
and other competitions and it still has mass appeal because it's that nostalgic last weekend before you leave the holidays and you end up back to your normal routine. So you can never think of the show as merely a list of office bearers or a list of prize winners. It's a cultural event and I hope it continues for another 100 years. Mark Whalen for Kiama Community Radio. KiamaCommunityRadio.org This track is called Devil's Smile by the Sun Bears who are playing Fillmore's on December 11th. Tickets are essential, but get in quickly because I've been told that they're more than half gone already. Michael, nice to meet you. Great place you've got here. 
Yes. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty amazing. It's beautiful. Some of the best country in New South Wales. Yeah. Now, I, I came here to talk to you about the Kaima show, of course. How did you get involved with the show? Um, well, my show involvement started very early. My family weren't show people, um, but I started working for my neighbours uh, that were big in shows and big exhibitors in the Illawarra cattle breed. I was milking their cows and I assisted them in showing the cows, preparing the cows. Yeah, it went to I was about 15 and then I got more involved in, in helping other breeders exhibit cattle and as a early 20-year-old, that family, one of the brothers, nominated me to Kaima Show Society. At the same meeting, Mark Honey went on the Kaima Show Committee. As well. The two of us. Um, but Mark's done a lot of other things since then. He's very community involved. I've, um, I've probably just stuck to local community things and and the show movement um so my involvement at the moment i'm president of group five which is 12 show societies i'm a delegate to uh, asc and a different role at sydney show i'm a supervisor of judging competitions and that's uh, the training of all young judges in new south wales and australia so Obviously, the show movement is very large in Australia. How yeah. important is it? Oh, it's, it's basically the biggest educator of agriculture in a non-teaching way. In a community it's a, way. It's a hands-on. You learn it hands-on, exhibiting cattle, how to breed cattle, how to show cattle. They're, they're all professional experiences today. There's people travel all around the world just exhibiting uh, stock. I'm talking about cattle because I'm a cattle person but it's the same in horses or poultry. At my supervisor role at Sydney Show, we supervise 20 judging competitions. So that's poultry, horses, uh, three or four different types of horses, d dairy cattle, beef cattle, three lots of goats, dairy goats, um, angoras, boar goats, pigs, alpacas, sheep, merino sheep, merino fleece, uh, meat sheep, um, so 20 of those competitions and they're all state competitions. So in this local area we have 100 young people enter that from 15 to 25 years old and if we have 100 turn up at, at one of our judging days we get two entries to go to Sydney for the state level. We're lucky in this area we have a lot of agriculture schools that are really strong so the sharing of skills and and, uh, and information is a big part of the show. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's interesting the... because most of us city people would assume that it is all about the entertainment and yeah, community socialising and that sort of thing. A personal choice of mine is that we need to change back. We can't survive the way we're heading with entertainment. We, we can't afford and justify the amount of money we're paying to get people to come to our show for entertainment. That's not what the shows were set up so for. So you think their way forward would be more uh, of an agricultural, yes. industrial yeah. event yes. where you're sharing skills and yeah. knowledge That's and so forth? That's what I feel. I, I, I think we need to just change a bit. Um, we will probably have to try and get more um, the smaller hobby farm type people on board to help us, which is happening now. And we've, 
we've got you know um, young members on our society now that, that some of them are from farming backgrounds but some of them that are not and they're just friends of of some of us that have taken the challenge and felt that it's important for the community to keep this um, you know it's to me it's an institution you know really it's a it obviously is I mean do you see the support coming mainly from the agricultural sector of the community uh, no I think we have to share the the workload today I'll just tell you one number since I left school in the early 60s in Jamboree factory we had 97 families supplying milk and now we have 10 or 11 and like that's a massive reduction in farming families yeah we still produce about the same milk because the farms are bigger instead of and more efficient one, and yeah all that one stuff. small farm that they've got 10 farms um so that's that's not a bad thing but we don't have the numbers of people that are involved yeah there is a lot of retired people in Kiama, so they're not quite as interested in um, some are um, what I like is young families coming to show to see where the milk comes from to see the cows uh, to see the horses to you know to see the wood choppers and how how our industries you know um, Timber was a big industry. That's what the Illawarra was formed on. It was the biggest industry. Cattle was probably secondary. Yeah. I think one thing where we need to work really hard on is going to schools. A few of us older members need to make time to say what the show is and get the kids interested, whether it's artwork or cooking or some of the in the pavilion to section. To recruit volunteers yeah. and recruit and, and they'll get their love of of the show and what it's doing i was talking to my neighbor only two nights ago at the show and his his granddaughter had all her entries ready she was she had up to a dozen entries ready to put into the show and that family's been involved with kaima show since um, 1942 Mm. so they've got an 80 year involvement and the the, you know four generations and this will be the fifth generation they're still going that's incredible yeah Another interesting statistic, one of our good sponsors, the Cole family, they took out all the prizes in 1905 and one of those family members still supports the show. Uh, up to last year they were still showing cattle um, that they have stopped and then come back to, again, which is a wonderful you know, um, heritage for the show to have someone who was involved in the first Illawarra show and that family are still involved in one way or another. They've moved to Sydney, business people, and then come back and just want to be part of, of that breed society. You know, the show movement is something that it's, it's in your blood. You know, like I said, I, I got, you know, working with that Downs family that I've started working for, and they were such strong show people, uh, cattle breeders, that that rubbed off onto me, myself. It sounds like it was at the highlight of the community calendar. Oh, yes, except for the churches. We're the oldest organisation in Kaima. I think some of the families that, like I mentioned, the Cole family, the Chittick family, the Chittick family has just been 
unbelievable. You know, there's probably 10 Chittics on our committee and they've, they've been right through the generations yeah, and still great workers, great supporters of the community. Um, there's been Chittics on the council. Uh, that's why it's Chittick Oval. Um, you know, I don't want to mention any other families because I might, but there is a dozen families there that have had a lot of involvement with the show and comes to some of the sponsors. You know, I have to mention the, the Cleary family have been sponsoring the show for years and years. It's over a lifetime, three generations, and still doing it now. So it's a generation thing, and that's just been handed down because they know how important it is. And there's other families here. The Gallagher family sponsored the wood shops um, because of their families were involved with the timber industry. Um, so people you want to give back um, it's all about giving back that's the most important thing in life well 179 years no mean feat so obviously yeah. you guys are doing something right yeah. and the society is resilient you're, um, you're you're handing down to younger generations all that knowledge and expertise is really yeah. important yeah. how do you see that happening is it by uh, recruiting younger members to committees yeah, I think the best way we've had is young people that might be from a grandparent or something has a friend and they're a, a, a steward on the show. So they start coming as a 13 to 15 year old and, and we've got three or four of those at the moment have come through. Um, so I think that's just... just Training by, and mentoring, yeah, is that yeah, a part men of it? Mentoring is, a, is massive, yeah. I, I'm a great believe it, we've got a, I've had good mentors uh, the Downs family and and all the people since in the show movement that seen I had a, a love of shows and and a love for agriculture that they identified me quite young and and just supported me and now I chair meetings and I do all the stuff that I was so nervous to start with um, and you it, were president three times, yeah, so that's quite uh, an achievement. Twice, but then I'm president of the group. Oh, right. Twice of Kiama. Oh. I've done a two-year term and a three-year term, so right. I've done five years. To be a judge in most of the competitions, you have to stand up in front of people and explain why you where you've put your placings, whatever it is. So the human nature is still very nervous. There's kids today that they get physically sick Mm. And I've had it with these young ones that I, I work with anything up to probably a 1,000 kids each year and we get 20 to 30 of those go to the highest level. Then I've had their, their siblings come to me and say, thank you for helping my sister. That's the first time that she'd done that the other day. And I, I just say something simple like, are you nervous? And, and she's, they'll say, oh, yeah, a little bit. I said, well, that means you're normal. Don't ever be afraid. But if you can't speak out there, some of them, that they cannot. It just freaks them out completely. So I said, just, just introduce yourself. And if you can't say any more, just leave it at that. But come and have another game because we have a system worked out and it's computerised. So they put the placings of whatever the exhibit is on a piece of paper. And then we have a judge that judges that same competition. So if they get close to the judge, um, they get selected to do an oral. 
So, and that's how we get the best of the best. It's a good system that's been around since the early 80s and um, you know, it's taken out a lot of the manual work and it it's really does the, the really top achievers keep coming up all the time and some of the 15-year-olds, if you heard how they speak, it just blows your mind. But not everyone has that gift. I did those competitions for 10 years, never won one, but I kept doing it because it kept giving me confidence. The first time I spoke at one of these competitions, I got the animals correct, but I, I went blank. I couldn't speak. It took me 10 years to beat that. Um, so, yeah, so that's why, to me, it's important, the help that I've had, and that's what I want to leave as, as my legacy. If you can only help one person identify someone and take them through their journey, you've, you've done something positive. If we all can help one person, at least one person, to achieve their potential, and that's what I've done because... You know, but you're helping more than just the one person. Oh, if, yeah. Like in your case, oh, you have yeah. made an enormous contribution to yeah. the community. My dad did say to me that he lived a, a generation too soon. He, he milked cows by hand. That was really tough work. I'm, I love farming and, and I've hardly worked a day in my life because I love what I do. It's not, it's not work if you enjoy what you do. It's if, your life. If you, if you don't enjoy what you do, you need to redirect and find another challenge in life because uh, you need to be happy where you're working. Absolutely. Otherwise, it's uh, it's too hard. Michael, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, I'm Michelle Springett. And I'm Tracy Henderson. Join us every Friday at Kaima Community Radio to find out what's on in our local area in the following week, including live music, exhibitions and markets. We'll also keep you up to date with classes, workshops, creative initiatives and community happenings. In fact, any event open to the public. If you would like us to include your event in our list, be sure to email us at kcradiocontent at gmail.com. Make KCR What's On your regular go-to place to keep in touch with what's happening in your local area. Hope you'll join us on Fridays. You've been listening to Kiama Community Radio. This program was proudly brought to you by Kiama Community College. The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Kaima Community Radio.